0: Wonder Soul. Wonder Soul. Wonder Soul. It's a Japanese term short for pocket monster. This could be this year's Christmas boom. And the Pokemon Ah, Pokemon. is creating a monster of a commotion for American kids. That's all they're wanting now is pure Pokemon. We haven't sold any yo-yos or Star Wars merchandise in a long time. Meet the latest craze to sweep the country characters named Pikachu, Mankey, and Snorlax. Each one has life points and a unique point of attack. They get into fights, but no one dies. They only lose energy and faint. 134 Pokemon enjoy Welcome everyone to another episode of Wonder Soul if you are new to Wonder Soul here on this podcast we like to talk about variety of passions and experiences and uh, one of those for me and so many others was Pokemon. Pokemon in the late 90s was insane. Now, looking back on it, I was so young and just going with the flow, uh, I don't think I could grasp just how big Pokemon was in the 90s and just how much of the impact it had on me and other kids growing up and even people today Because it's continuing to grow and to develop as a franchise, as a property. And with the release of Pokemon Sword and Shield, uh, with things as recent as Pokemon Go and uh, just so many other things that Pokemon is all about. I mean, that's one of the most interesting things about this franchise, that it's not just one particular thing. It's a trading card game. It's a video game series. It's a mobile phone game. It's an uh, a anime and a manga. It's a movie. It's, it's, it's so crazy how many sides and angles Pokemon comes at you. And just how much of that culture uh, was so fun to explore when you were growing up, and this has been a fun week, uh, just getting ready for Pokemon Sword and Shield uh, releasing on the Nintendo Switch. It's like the first Pokemon console game in the series uh, from like you know the generational ones. This is Generation Eight, by the way. Um, and just like I'm one of the many who played and got introduced to Pokemon primarily through the, the Game Boy games, uh, Pokemon Red, Blue, Yellow, Gold, Silver, and we can go on and on. Uh, but that was my introduction to Pokemon, plus most definitely <laughs> the Pokemon cards, collecting those, um, battling and entering you know, tournaments at my local comic shop. Uh, Just so many fun and good times and so many memories. Uh, And then obviously there was the anime, you know, with Ash, Brock, Misty, Pikachu, and that whole crew. And we had the movies like Pokemon the First Movie, which I did an episode on just recently. So if you have any interest in that, that was a fun episode to uh, check out. Very nostalgic um, because that was the thing about Pokemon It came at you in so many different ways and I don't know if that's why it made it so big or if it was just going to be as big as it was regardless because it really had something for everyone, boys, girls, young, old, it didn't really matter. Uh, you know, I'm a fan of card games such as like Magic uh, and Yu-Gi-Oh and stuff like that So Pokemon was one of my first card games that I got into and just the whole craze of collecting Pokemon cards with your friends and trading them and stuff like that But then you also had the whole other aspect of playing the video games on your handhelds and Trading Pokemon via link cables and battling your friends and uh, You know sharing tips on you know at the playground about how to get you know a certain move or how to Go through a certain part in the game because this is like pre-internet days You know so you couldn't just google that stuff or watch a let's play or a youtuber or twitch streamer going on and take up tips on that this was like before then So it was just a really fun experience, and then obviously with the movie uh, and the movies, because there's been a handful, uh, and the TV show, it was just, it was an exciting time. And for most people, I could probably vouch for that Pokémon was an introduction to Eastern culture, Japanese entertainment, Uh, storytelling and art you know this was probably if we will classify pokemon the tv show as a anime not just a kid's show that was on like wb kids or whatever kids wb uh then yeah this was like one of my first animes if not the first and i remember specifically um after one of the years that pokemon was really big i had moved and when i moved that's when i met some friends and got into Tanami. Dragon Ball Z and stuff like that, but I think it was an easier transition because of the fact that I had now a history with just like even the language and the the art style and just the ideas that come from Japan and just what Pokemon was uh, as a um, Experience with the characters and everything like that. So it, it really was a good introduction to anime, manga and uh, so many other franchises that I hold dear today. And nearly 20 years later, you know, I never thought about certain things when it came to Pokemon, like really how big it was in the late 90s, um, how many other people were just like me, fans across the globe, uh, things like that. And one thing specifically, Was I've always associated Pokemon with Nintendo, but I never really looked into like did a specific person or a group of people come up with Pokemon. Uh, What came first? Was it the show? Was it the card game? Was it the video games? And so that led me throughout the week to kind of dive into certain details as I was feeling very nostalgic and wanted to get a better understanding now being an adult about what the origins of Pokemon was and just probably try to figure out why it made the um, impact and became the phenomenon that it did and why it still is relevant today after the release of uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield the 8th generation uh in the video game series and just how the the card game is continuing the they're they're redoing the (laughs) mewtwo strikes back and like updated cgi uh the the anime is still going on you know even twitch has pokemon on so you can get on twitch and watch pokemon episodes from like i think the indigo uh first season with thousands of people and just how crazy Something from your childhood being so popular and resonating with so many people just that 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 feels good But you almost want to try to figure it out like well, wait, why? (laughs) Why are we so into these pocket monsters? And what was it about the games or even the cards that we were really Attracted to and that kept us going back for more and Especially wanted to know if there was somebody who came up with this uh, multi-billion dollar franchise, who was it and what inspired them and what was a part of that creative process and how long did it take and how did such a name brand like Nintendo get a hold of something like Pokemon, which is obviously a gold mine? And has been a feature and a powerhouse for Nintendo in the most recent decades. uh, Especially with uh, being uh, a game that's been so popular and so important to Nintendo here in the most recent decades. And has at times been a console seller. I know a lot of people who bought 3DS's just to play Pokemon. Switches even to just play Pokemon. Things like that. So it, it just resonates uh, really well with people and has been closely associated with Nintendo and maybe to some people that's one of their only Nintendo experiences is playing Pokemon because it was almost mandatory to have a Game Boy Color or a Game Boy and Game Boy Advance just to play Pokemon. Now, there is always that dip-off period where you had some people who got out of the craze and things like that over years. But, you know, then we had Pokemon Go and we had that crazy experience with that. But just, like, to think, like, who was behind this crazy and unique uh, invention uh, and concept. And so I, I dug up some information. And if you didn't know, the actual creator of Pokemon is Satoshi Tajari Um, and I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly but he is currently the CEO of Game Freak um, and the creator of Pokemon he's responsible for the initial concepts which would lead to the uh, meta series as it exists today so uh, that's interesting that there's an individual out there that's the creator of Pokemon, right? And you never really hear about it. Casual fans probably only associate Pokemon with Nintendo, but Satoshi Tajiri is the actual creator. But I was really curious after finding out that there was an individual who came up with Pokemon, and not only did he come up with Pokemon, he was like the CEO of Game Freak, which has been the developers who have made the Pokemon games all these years. And just wanted to know, like, well, what led to all that? And uh, if it was just him and what inspired him? So I'm just going to give you guys a little bit of information that I uh, picked up on. Uh, So he was born in Japan. Uh, His father was a Nissan salesman and his mother cared for him at home. As a young boy, he lived to explore the outdoors and was especially fascinated with insects. He loved to collect insects, hunting for them in ponds, fields, and forests. Huh? Doesn't that sound familiar, huh? (laughs) Constantly looking for new insects and coming up with new ways to catch insects, such as beetles. He had such an interest in collecting and studying insects that he earned the nickname Dr. Bug among his peers. In the late 1970s, the fields and ponds that Tajiri loved as a child were paved over by apartment buildings and shopping centers. At this time, Tajiri's passion for insects moved to video games and arcades. So as a kid, he basically just liked collecting insects. And come on guys, I mean, what is the whole thing about Pokemon? You know, got to catch them all. And just how a lot of the bug type Pokemon, a lot of the Pokemon in general, just have that familiarity to like being a bug collector and all the different kinds and colors and shapes and sizes and stuff like that. So that's a, that basically Pokemon came from, you know, collecting bugs. Um, so here's the whole part with him and Game Freak and how this all came to be. Okay, so Tajiri got into games after... All of the fields and ponds and everywhere that he used to go out in nature were starting to have buildings and shopping centers built on them and stuff like that, so he wasn't able to as much. Um, But he got into games when he was at technical school, spending all of his time in arcades. He did not like school, and he began skipping classes to spend more time at the arcades. This confused and upset his parents who felt he was throwing his future away. Well, if only they knew. Tajiri spent so much time playing video games that one arcade gave him a full-sized Space Invaders machine to take home. Eventually, Tajiri graduated from a two-year program at the Tokyo National College of Technology. His father wanted him to be an electrical utility repairman, but this is not what he wanted. In 1981, when he was 16 years old, Tajiri won a contest sponsored by... Nintendo rival Sega for a game design concept that's cool a year later in 1982 Tajiri and his friends formed a gaming magazine by the name of Game Freak a friend and contributor to Game Freak was Ken Sogi Morai uh, who would later become an illustrator and designer of all the Pokemon images as well as the human characters and other aspects of the game ah so it's He had a best friend there, uh, Ken, who led to a lot of the designs and looks of the world of Pokemon and the Pokemon themselves. That's, That's pretty cool. So, throughout the 1980s, though, the Game Freak magazine had modest sales and became quite popular among the gaming crowd. Originally, the magazine was written by hand, but it grew more popular. Tajiri began having it printed professionally. A typical issue cost 300 yen around $3.00 and it was approximately 28 pages long. As Tajiri learned more about games, he became more interested in making them. He felt that the games on the market could be better than they were. He learned how to write software by first taking apart a Nintendo Entertainment System to see how it worked and then learning How to program for it, wow, this dude was smart. The programming language he used initially was Family Basic, a implementation of the basic programming language for the Famicom, huh, okay. So he became like a legit game developer just by teaching himself, really. That's pretty wild. And he started his own magazine. So Game Freak was originally a magazine. In 1987, Tajiri published his first game, Quinty, um, or Mendel Palace in North America. Two years later, though, he officially founded the company Game Freak, named after his magazine. Tajiri and Game Freak continued to develop many titles for companies such as Nintendo and Sega, Such as 1991's Jerry Boy and Yoshi, 1993's Mario and Wario, and 1994's Pulseman. Um, In 1990, Tajiri published a book uh, entitled Catch the pac Stories of Video Games from Youth. It contains 16 stories about Tajiri's memories of playing arcade games when he was in high school and college. It was published by the Japanese Information and Culture Center. So Tajiri he was uh he was doing some big things uh he may have not been good at school but that didn't make him not intelligent I mean this guy just had a hustle and creativity that just wouldn't be stopped it seems like so let's get into like real quick how how he came up with the whole Pokemon thing actually we know about his history as a kid with bug catching but Let's get into the 90s when we actually get Pokemon and like what led to that. So in the early 1990s, uh, when Tajiri first saw two children playing together with Game Boys using the game link cable. I know you guys remember those, man. (laughs) Those were just like fun. Before you could wirelessly do anything, especially in video games, there was always going to be a link cable of some sort. So anyways, he imagined insects crawling along the cable between the two systems. As he thought about the uh, capabilities of the game link cable, his idea for Pokemon grew as he wanted to give modern children the chance to hunt for creatures as he did as a child. Dang, if only you knew. (laughs) He pitched the idea for Pokemon to Nintendo and although they didn't fully understand the concept of the game, he was given some initial funding anyway and and concept work from another game uh, design studio creatures incorporated on top of that miyamoto uh the man behind mario the legend of Zelda, pikmin and donkey kong was assigned to help in the development of the initial versions of pocket monsters red and green during that time to came to admire miyamoto as a mentor which uh you know that's really crazy that he was able to mentor him and kind of shape him into making one of the biggest video games of all time really if you think about it spanning through all of these generations and everything wow it's pretty wild uh after six years of development pokemon red and green versions were completed although the game boy's hardware was becoming outdated the game still grew steadily in popularity because younger children could not afford brand new console games so they turned to the inexpensive game boy games yeah that's one thing that i remember hearing is that red and green which to us here in the US was uh, red and blue, came out pretty late in the Game Boy um, era. And I did not recall. I think I had a Game Boy Color at the time when I played red. And that's pretty much what happened though. And I just didn't know anything about this man. uh, And I'm so thankful that he did what he did and contributed what he did to not only pop culture, video games, uh nintendo and so many other things but to just like impacting so many people in their lives in such a positive way i mean pokemon's been such a phenomenon um throughout the years that it's just incredible to think that it really just came from somebody thinking about bug collecting and then you know certain life events that took him away from his passion was uh later transformed into giving away that passion for others to experience in a new and different way. And instead of collecting bugs, we're out here collecting Pokemon. But I'm sure that there's just core ideas and, and themes that he was making sure that in each experience that you have with Pokemon, whether you're watching Ash on his journeys, you know, to be the very best, Or if it's you in the video games trying to collect all the badges and beat the elite four or defeat Team Rocket Or just collecting the Pokemon cards and trading them with your friends that that's the certain Experiences that he wanted to share with the world or with those who would have it and it became something so much bigger than that but those are so simple of ideas that I'm pretty sure that he didn't think that it would be what it was. And just how it did just impact all around the globe. Not just in Japan. I think that says a lot f- for what Pokemon is. And just how like ideas can just seem pretty simple or small. And come from a pretty innocent place. As far as like, yeah, I like to collect bugs. I would like other people to have that experience. But... You know, some people are really iffy on bugs, so let's make them like monsters of all different, you know, varieties. Like we'll have bugs in there, but we'll have dogs and cats and dragons and ghosts and so much, it's crazy. But you know, Pokemon in in itself just means so much to a lot of people, but in, in so many different ways. Like to some people it means a lot to them because of the trading cards. Which, uh, I mean, were just a crazy phenomenon. Like, that's what got me introduced to card games, into a lot of strategy games. Uh, Pokemon in general did that for me. There's nothing like opening a pack of Pokemon cards. I don't care what you say. Like, I bought a pack recently, and I haven't bought packs for years. And I even played some of the trading card game online. Because you can do that. There's like a uh, program, an app, and you can go through the tutorial and play with people online. It's pretty crazy. And you can collect the cards in the game. And if you bought packs in real life, you get a code and you can get more packs and cards in the game. So it's funny how it's evolved because I would just go down to my local comic book shop um and just buy packs and beg my my mom to buy me more cards and i wanted a charizard and who didn't want a charizard but it was like the most expensive card that you could get and the one of the most rare cards and i think it was on the weekends they would do tournaments and stuff and i know that they had this whole pokemon trading card league and they still have tournaments today it's crazy. You can actually watch uh, some of them, if not all of them, on Twitch. So if you have any interest in checking that out, go for it. But the trading card game was uh, on a whole nother level because that was the one that took most of your money. That was someone that was begging you to keep coming back. You know, there's something about collecting Pokemon in the game. And uh, you know, you buy the game and that's it. Or maybe you just rent it or borrow it from a friend. So you don't really have to spend any money. There was no microtransactions back then. There wasn't any DLC packs for Pokemon or anything like that. Uh, What you had is what you had. And the only way you could get something that wasn't in the game, maybe you have certain Pokemon in Red that are not in Blue version, you would have to it would it you would have to trade with friends or strangers, and it would encourage you to you know reach out and connect. Um, but there was like no paywall or anything, you know. You might have to buy a link cable, or just have a friend. <laughs> like, but either way, you know the buying the packs was the most uh, money you had to spend whenever being a Pokemon fan. Because even with the TV show, you could just watch it. And maybe you would have to spend money to go see it at the theater, buy it on VHS or DVD or Blu-ray or whatever. Um, but, you know, so the cards was like the, the cash grab for Pokemon. And that probably, I would love to know if Pokemon cards made more money than the games. I kind of doubt that, but I'm not even sure. I think it would be close. What do you guys think? But the thing about buying the Pokemon cards was this investment idea. You know, because even at a young age, we're looking at these trading cards thinking that they're worth something. I mean, I have a handful of friends Um who still have their original cards but they you know like are wondering if they're worth anything and you know and and then some are worth a lot and it can be a pretty cool investment especially if you can keep them in good condition just like any collectible right people who collect comic books uh you know sports trading cards anything you know there's so many collectors out there and So it was fun, though, you know, carrying around your your, uh, Trapper Keeper full of, like, Pokemon cards and trading them with your friends at school. And uh, I loved playing the card game, like, competitively, like, back in the day. Even then I could kind of see where, you know, this was a special kind of game because there were so many people of so many different backgrounds, different age groups. But we're all there for the same reason, and we're all just like having a good time. Those were some fun memories back in the day. Um, it was a very good social outing. You know, I think a lot of people view certain things like video games, uh, especially as like isolated events that aren't good for you, but they are more social than ever. That's where a lot of us now in the modern day, uh, with our busy schedules and stuff like that, uh, stay in touch with friends from all around the world and get a chance to, uh, you know, still play with each other, interact and connect and stay in touch. Um, and that's what's so fun about, you know, things like this, where it was always about bringing people together. And I mean, I remember going to like trading, uh, like meetups and stuff, and it was just fun. Uh but you know, it's an expensive hobby. Most hobbies can be pretty pricey. But even at a young age, when you're not working, it was kind of hard to keep up with uh, everybody around you. Uh, and a lot of it was kind of a, you know, a, a matter of luck of what you would get and uh, in your packs and stuff. But just building decks and and playing against people was more of my fonder memories when it came to. The trading card game because I'm never really much of a collector like I like so many things that it's hard for me to invest so much into keeping up with that kind of scene but it was fun as a kid uh, and I'm sure it's fun till you know today but for me it was all about getting the cards that were strong and building these badass decks whether it's a fire deck or making combinations like you know water and psychic who knows it was just that aspect of the collecting that I enjoyed now some others some of you probably enjoyed more of just collecting the cards and trying to you know collect them all you know it's like that's kind of the theme of Pokemon you know got to catch them all in whatever way you know Ash is doing it you're doing it in the video games and then your parents are Doing it with getting you those cards. Uh, But yeah, so the trading cards were just such a phenomenon just on its own. Because that was a real physical thing that it felt like a toy. I mean, it's still crazy today. Like I I saw this stat for it. Uh, It says, as of March 2019, the game has sold over 27.2 billion cards worldwide. In 2016, it was the year's top selling toy in the strategic card game subclass so you know it it doesn't surprise me that people still like the card game and that you know it's always going to mean a lot to pokemon fans you know young and old no matter what generation they got into pokemon Um, i think it's always uh, an easy game to get back into and to learn and to play and you know uh If I were to go out on a limb, when people think of Pokemon that weren't really, you know, big fans, but maybe just a part of the craze, I think that was around the time of Beanie Babies. And I think that most people just think of the Pokemon trading card game as the thing that you get from Pokemon that you collect and you make money off of. You know, you don't really make too much money off of the video games and you don't definitely from watching the show. So I think to a general audience, to the general public, that was the, the aspect of Pokemon that was big because it was denting a lot of wallets, but it was also like something that people were treasure hunting and you know looking to uh, collect in that sense. So interesting though, it's fun because it's like one of uh, the last like quote unquote toys that wasn't really like tech based or anything like that, like a tablet, a computer or video game console, or anything like that. So I think it will always just be a uh, standout for what people think about when they think about Pokemon and just the craze of Pokemon, especially in in the 90s. But I personally, that ranks number two out of these three things that Pokemon has going for it. So you have the show, the video games, and then the card game. The card game's like in the middle for me, so I was into it but not as much as this, the video games. The video games were hours of my life just exploring the world of Pokemon. I wasn't necessarily the type that was trying to catch them all, but I was always interested in discovering new Pokemon and trying to find my next favorite, the next cool looking one that I wanted on my team. And just like the first open world RPG that I had in a lot of ways. So the video games, especially the early handheld versions like red, blue, yellow especially. Now yellow was the one that um, played more to the flute of the anime and ash and that story and you had a Pikachu that followed you. And uh, a lot of people got yellow. I think it also came out on Game Boy Color. They were pretty much these like three basic concepts or you had these three objectives or goals that you could go about doing it. So like if you're not familiar with the video games, say you just watched the show, you would probably have an easier you know transition into the games. But let's say that you don't know much, if nothing at all, about the Pokémon video games. Uh, Here's a little rundown, okay? So players are designated as Pokémon trainers and have three general goals. So you can either complete the Pokédex by collecting all of the available Pokémon species found in the fictional region where a game takes place, or the game takes place, uh to complete the national pokedex by transferring pokemon from other regions and to train a team of powerful pokemon from those you have caught to compete against teams owned by other trainers so that they may eventually win the pokemon league and become the regional champion these themes of collecting training and battling are present in almost every version of the Pokemon franchise, including the video games, the anime and manga series, and the trading card game. So yes, this is pretty much the rundown. You are collecting Pokemon, you're training Pokemon, and then you're battling them. So yeah, so that's that's Pokemon in general. That's really the video game, the trading card game, and Ash's journey in the movies and anime and manga. So if you didn't know much about Pokemon, that, that's, that's your summary. But the video games just did such a great job incorporating all three of those um, concepts. You know, like going out, exploring, capturing, um, then training and battling. And then also dealing with, you know, multiple story subplots and different things like that. And this was all happening on a handheld. Which this is also, uh, at least for the first generation, which came out in, I think it was, yeah, 96. So the first generation is from 96 to 99. Okay, and that's going to be the Kantar region and everything like that. That's going to be red. That's going to be blue. That's going to be yellow. And uh, so that's the original, the OGs. But this is before, like, smartphones and cell phones. And so handhelds, especially for if you're young, was just, like, new and awesome. It was like, wow, I can play the Nintendo console on the go pretty much. And that was the very cool appeal, especially when you're on road trips uh, at school. Uh, I mean, we weren't just trading Pokemon cards at school. We were... Bringing our Pokemon, uh, red and blue and yellow, gold and silver, all of the games, our Game Boys, uh, and, and linking up and trading as well. That was also fun. So I think that's what also was the, the appeal. And you could go out into the world and still be in this whole other world, catching and exploring and, and roaming and going on this other adventure. But you could do it on the go and you didn't have to be stuck or confined to a room or one chair. So that was, always, that was always fun. And then, you know, we got so many titles like on the Nintendo 64, GameCube. All the Nintendo consoles started to pull some version of Pokemon. But the main series, like the actual generations, went uh, like this. So Yellow, Red, and Blue, 98, here in America, okay? Uh, gold and Silver in 99, Crystal in 2000. Alright, so that's second generation and stuff. Uh, Ruby and Sapphire in 2002. Then we get the remakes. And this has been like a hit or miss. I think some of these work really well. Like, I love Fire Red. But Fire Red and Leaf Green and Emerald come out in 2004. Um, And that's uh, the third generation. Yeah, we're on the third generation. Sheesh. Yeah, it can get a little. <laughs> but, anyways, then in 2006, we get Diamond and Pearl. So that's the fourth generation. Um, after Diamond and Pearl, we had Platinum in 2008. We had the remakes of uh, Gold and Silver, Heart Gold, and Soul Silver in 2009. So we're still in the fourth generation. Then in 2010, we get Black and White. Which is the cap of the fourth generation. After that, there's nothing in eleven. We get Black and White uh, two uh, in 2012. We get X and Y in 2013, which is the fifth generation. And then we get Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire in 2014. Um, we also get one more break, <laughs> 2015. There's nothing, no Pokemon. We're now in the sixth generation, okay? So then 2016, Sun and Moon. 2017, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. And then 2018, last year, at the time of this recording, Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee go into the Nintendo Switch. I did not know they considered that part of the main series. Is it just like a remake? Uh, You know, I haven't played Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. I did not own a Switch at that time. Tell me what your guys' thoughts on those games are. Uh, But technically, we're in the seventh generation, I'm assuming. And then now, with the release of Pokemon Sword and Shield in 2019, we are entering the eighth generation. So, eight generations of Pokemon... Um, and my favorites are definitely going to be the first three. Um, just because those are the ones that I was the most familiar with and I had the most time playing. But I want to know your guys' favorite generation, okay? Like, what was your favorite game out of the series, even off of the main series? Like, one of my fondest memories of a non-main series Pokemon game is... Has to be, like, Pokemon Puzzle League on the N64 for some reason. Pokemon Trading Card Game on the Game Boy Color, I think. And, uh, Pokemon Snap. Yes. Obviously, Pokemon Stadium was a pretty big deal because it was like, oh, shit, the graphics. We can battle. It was like Pokemon Next Level. You know, it was just really cool. It was an impressive graphics leap. Um, and I just had a blast. You know, Pokemon, when uh, when the 64 was out, was really awesome. Now, there's a lot of sleepers on the GameCube that I haven't, you know, dived into. And, you know, that's during the period I started to venture into other fandoms and didn't really uh, go all out on Pokemon. Uh, and we all do that with different things and different properties. We'll, you know, go in in phases and stuff like that. But... Yeah, there was just a lot of fun games. Like, there are some things that you can be nitpicky about that you can say weren't good. I mean, I even enjoyed Let's Go, at like, at first. I didn't stay with it very, very long. Uh, but definitely when it first came out on that Prime, was just so fun to just walk around downtown and see so many Pokemon fans, just out in public of all ages, you know, and just people that were probably getting introduced to pokemon that was their first introduction is pokemon go which is wild and then it's still pretty big today i mean it was just like a really crazy um you know gameplay mechanic of using this ar to walk around and catch pokemon you know and it was exciting i remember like leading up to that there was all these mentions and rumors of like this like you know, alternate reality, <laughs> uh, Pokemon game, and so Pokemon Go comes out, and it was just funny how it took off. And I had taken a break of uh, from Pokemon up until then, and almost when Pokemon Go came out, I started getting curious again and wanted to play like Fire Red again. I wanted to try and see what the cards were like at that time, because for me, I'm. Probably a lot of people Pokemon if you played the games is one of the games that you spent the most time in because You could play it however you wanted like that was the thing like everybody had the same game But everybody had different experiences and those are the games that I'm attracted to You know, I love a good open-world RPG where I can craft the story like there is a story that you follow but certain choices are completely up to you and for the first time, players were really getting that. When you get to enter your name, you get to name your rival, you get to nickname your Pokemon, you get to pick your teams and go in the directions that you want to go. Like the thing that people enjoyed about the training Pokemon was just like the moments in the game where you weren't really doing a story quest I guess is a way to put it you were just hanging out in some grass repeatedly going around in circles trying to catch a certain Pokemon or just trying to level up certain you know members of your team hours went into doing that you know and the whole just the excitement of your Pokemon evolving like it's one thing to place a card down and have enough energies to do a certain move but what a feeling it is to have grinded. And yes, Pokemon is a grindy game, or at least it was. Um, It was just so rewarding. You felt like your hard work was paying off. You were collecting these badges. You were also in some ways, in some games, saving the world. Um, So there was that whole feeling and, and impression upon players and just like the first time that you really got to enjoy and experience multiplayer and you could work so hard to build your team up to fight and battle your friends and to trade pokemon to each other you know to make them evolve or just to you know get certain exclusives from the different versions of the game like pokemon and so many other things that i enjoy are the franchises that kind of make us more interactive and social and allow us to communicate and uh, connect on, on levels that we don't just get in regular ordinary life. You know, it's fun to trade these imaginary monsters um, that you, in a lot of ways, start to build a um, connection with because, you know, especially with things like in the video games, when you have your starter at first by the end of your journey you and that starter have grown and they have evolved probably numerous times and look completely different and so does your team and your team can be so um unique to you you can have all fire types if you want or you can have one of each or you know however you want to build your team and however you want to play the game you had the power to do that, and you had the ability to go on these adventures, and it had so much personality to it with the NPCs and the dialogue. Even so, even though some of it is a little goofy and cringy now, uh, but it's fun, you know. But and then you also get the experience with your friends and people in real life, and that was why I felt like the video games and the card game were you know on my top of my tier list for Pokemon fandom as far as the anime and the video games and the card game because the card game and the video games were just such a social connective um, experience for a lot of people including myself especially younger and it allowed you to meet up with people that shared the same interests as you and and just kind of geek out on Pokemon for however long and so so many friends I um, met through our shared interests in Pokemon and so many other things and I think that's really fun and it still does that today with like the release of Pokemon Sword and Shield I've met so many new people that are into Pokemon. Like other content creators like Mr. Saiyan in Weepcast, uh, Hermes Game Corner, Notorious Nerds, Lun Kao, and so many others. Like these are all individuals that, through their passion for Pokemon and, and video games and other things, have led them to create content uh, of their own. And it's all very enjoyable. They do it in all different kinds of ways, from podcasts, from streaming to YouTube let's plays. I mean, it's awesome, man. And I've met those people through our shared interest and passion in in Pokemon or our history and and respect for the franchise and fandom. And uh, maybe even just the resurgence here in the most recent years with... Uh, Pokemon, you know, being brand new again with Sword and Shield and, you know, all these other new experiences that are still coming out today. And so, like, I appreciate that. And I appreciate uh, a lot of uh, fandoms for bringing people together, you know. And that's something that I always think is a positive that no matter what, if, uh, say, a game were to come out uh, that was disappointing... That you are a big fan of, or if you do have, you know, those uh, choices that companies make, or anything like that, you gotta always remember that nobody's going to be perfect and hit 100s all the time. You're gonna have high points and low points, and any fandom, uh, any relationship with uh, as a consumer and a, you know, and a creator, you know, relationship and level. So, you know, I, I don't let anything that, could happen or has happened or will happen that i might not be cool with um affect or take away from the positive elements that have already happened or or why i appreciate these things in the first place so i think it's just you got to walk that that balance beam you know and be really careful about how you how you tread and, and what your expectations are for these franchises as as they evolve over time and try to stay relevant and change and also while trying to stay the same and not trying to become something different because uh, with all of the games that Pokemon has come out and all of the cards and all the, the the sets and the generations, like it was very easy for a franchise like this to become very dull and oversaturated and and also desperate at times making choices that would not please the fans and and maybe not even attract new you know fans but i think that they've done a fairly good job with that and uh because if they hadn't we wouldn't be talking about them today i mean not like we are because pokemon 90s craze was insane okay that's that's something that you know people thought was gonna peak and then you would never talk about pokemon again it just would have been this little blimp in time but it was like no (laughs) 20 years later here we are talking about it and i think it's because of the three-headed dragon that it is because not only do you have the popularity of the trading cards Uh, And the appeal of that, but the mega smash hit that the video games have been, and how they've been able to continuously evolve and put out new games in some way or another. And also with the anime, and the show, and the manga, and the movies that have come out. Like when I took the trip down memory lane and went to watch uh, Pokemon the first movie. I mean, just all of the memories flush back of just like the time that was leading up to it the experience of all the merchandise and the burger king toys and everything if you want to hear more about that specifically i did a whole episode on check it out but that was like a really huge moment in in pokemon because they released it uh, i think it was supposed to be a finale And I never really got into the show as much as a lot of other people did. I think I just, I would always miss it. And it's not like it is today where you can watch it if you want uh, (laughs) and just binge it. But you know, what I did get to watch I thought was like just fun. The whole idea of like, here's Ash Ketchum. He wants to be the very best. He wants to be a Pokemon master. You know, he's always fighting Team Rocket. Along the way, he assembles like the all-star team of Pokemon. You know, all of the starters. You know, his Pikachu's badass. And, um, you know, the movies that came out after the first movie, I've only seen a couple of them, but they continuously tried to improve, you know, the uh, animation. They were always able to bring in new Pokemon from the, the newer generations. And I just didn't follow a lot of the journey. To me, the Pokemon anime is, I guess, trapped into that first real season. I know it continues on today. Like, even with, like, the eighth generation. I saw, like, trailers for it. And, um, you know, I just... I, I didn't get into it as much, I think, because I was telling my own story through the video games. And, you know... Ash and them, I'd, it would be something that I just watched and I enjoyed, but I never was like, oh I gotta I gotta run home to watch Pokemon just like I was with Dragon Ball Z. But it was still really crazy to think about that not only was this a video game, but here's a television show. And it was showing you all the Pokemon That were in the games moving and their sounds and they were able to give them more personality and really flush them away from just what was on the cards and in those graphics back then on the Game Boy and stuff and even till today. Um, So I appreciate for what it is. Um, I just was wanting to be honest with you guys listening that I wasn't a super fan of the show, um, but I still watch it when it's on Twitch and stuff, and I try to go back and you know watch that whole first season beginning to end just to say i did <laughs> just to say that i watched it for what it's worth uh, if anything um but you know the movie the first movie and the merchandising and the ad campaigns and just at the peak of the hype when i was into pokemon back when i was younger that that's why the anime started to become a more appealing to me but i still just couldn't find myself getting there to watch it, I think I'm trying to, you guys help me remember when Pokemon came on, I thought it was Saturday mornings, but now I'm trying to think that it came on after school too, and if that's the case, one of the reasons probably why I didn't watch it as much was because of Tanami and stuff, but, you know, Ash and that whole crew, I've always enjoyed when I've seen them and watched the show, and just the fact that they were able to hype us up and give us a lot of what we don't get at least in early Pokemon stuff you know as far as these Pokemon actually being alive and you would see Pokemon in the show and it would make you want to go you know uh, get that card and have him or her in your deck or um, oh now I need to get back in the game and see uh, where this Pokemon is I don't think I ever caught one of those and so they all kind of work to feed off of each other and you know the messages in uh the pokemon movies and shows you know are are pretty typical but they're they're pretty positive and they're they're good for younger audiences for sure and you know ash has always been a cool protagonist to me i've always liked him he's he's been the trademark pokemon trainer um some people will disagree with that and that's okay But I've never not liked Ash, you know, as far as like, dude, get off the screen, man. And, uh, you know, so he's always been a protagonist worth cheering for and rooting for. But honestly, I just don't have a lot to say about the show because, like I said, I didn't watch it a lot. But I am familiar with it because I think no matter what, you probably were more into one of these... Aspects of Pokémon than the other, but as a Pokémon fan, I'm pretty sure you tried or, or you experimented with the other versions of it. Whether you watched the show and you're, it made you want to go start playing the card game, or pick up the game, or vice versa, you know. So it was it was funny how it all fed off of each other and uh, worked together to create this crazy madness that was the Pokémania. Back in the late 90s, it's um, it's just mind-blowing. And, and it's been so fun to look back. And it's been definitely very nostalgic to reminisce on the fandom that I had for Pokemon. And, like, I even had a Pokemon-themed birthday party one year. You know, I just... Uh, there was something about these... Uh, monsters and the the story and just the messages like all right you're 10 years old go out and go on this adventure to be the very best and be the best version of yourself and and you can't do it alone. The thing about Pokemon, no matter what, even if you own one Pokemon, you can't do it alone. You know, so there's always going to be this like you need other people in your life. Um, but not only do you need them, you you should want them because they. They add value to the the life experience and the adventure and the journey. And they will help you accomplish your goals due to support and just, you know, helping each other out. And I think that was always a common theme throughout all of it. Because uh, one thing that I can say for sure about Pokemon is that it, it definitely helped me have a really awesome and sweet childhood when it came to being able to experience that in the moment. At the the height of it, to me at least. And to have allowed me to uh, venture off into so many other interests and passions that I have today because of it. And also to allow me to meet and connect with the people that I have throughout the years because of our shared uh, infatuation with these pocket monsters you know, in this whole journey. So if you're a fan of Pokemon, I hope I did a good job with uh, this episode. I hope you enjoyed this. If you are new to anything about Pokemon, I hope that you enjoyed at least, you know, this uh, discussion and maybe learned a couple things about the franchise that you hadn't known prior and uh if you are somewhere in the middle or no matter what um i hope that this episode uh allows you to either go back and reconnect with pokemon in one way or another or just like kind of revisit that uh those memories or if you're if you haven't experienced pokemon and some of this stuff sounded appealing or fun or cool to you Then, yeah, there's so many ways to enjoy it. So, especially with Pokemon Sword and Shield out now on the Nintendo Switch, which is the latest Nintendo console, the hybrid handheld home console, uh, that you can enjoy the latest uh, Pokemon experience. You have that, and the card games out there, and the show is still going on strong. You can watch a lot of the old episodes and movies all over the web and on different services. So, check it out. There might be something there for you. I think there is. I think that this is why Pokemon has been so special is that there is something there for everyone and it's meant for everyone and it's meant for everyone to, um, connect and have a good time. And I think that's what Pokemon's allowed me to do over the years of enjoying, you know, experiencing what, capturing those pokemon is like battling those trainers and people in the trading car tournaments and just watching ash and his friends go on those journeys and adventures so anyways that's gonna be it for me thank you for listening to this episode of wondersoul i hope you guys enjoyed thank you for supporting the twitch thank you for supporting the youtube thank you for supporting everything Wonder Soul. i really do appreciate it wherever you are do good and take care. Thank you for listening to Wondersoul. Connect with the podcast through social media. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Search Wondersoul. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, rate, and review. You can find us on YouTube and Twitch. We appreciate your support. Wonder Soul hopes you have yourself a good day.